All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John and Tim. Thank you for joining us. We're very excited you're here. Tim, how are you? You look like garbage. Good to see you too, John. Good morning. I saw him earlier. We were just chatting and I thought he had a wild St. Patty's Day. Something to tell me a story. Why you look like what you look like. Because for our listeners, we, we do this in the morning, mostly around like 8.30, 8 a.m., maybe a little later, maybe a little earlier. Tim's always showered, hair perfectly quaffed, looking fresh. And today it's just like you rolled out of bed, combed your hair with the pillow, haven't brushed your teeth. You, you look like garbage to what you usually look like. I always look like trash. I know that. I, I'm not a handsome man. But you, you, on the other hand, you could be a movie star, Tim. Why do you look oh, like what you look it. like right now? What's going on? I don't you have after a, good a couple story. too many Guinnesses, a couple boiler makers for the boys. I had a couple beers last night. Yeah, but I, I just just a slow morning. I don't have a good answer. I don't have a funny story to share. I'm sorry. No, no green beers. St. Patty's Day was it packed downtown Charlotte? I'm sure it was, but I didn't leave my apartment last night, so. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have a good one. I don't know anybody yet. I've, I met, I met a couple people, but I'm not, I'm too old to be going out for St. Patrick's day. I had some green Guinness last night. Did you Danielle, Danielle let you drink during the week? She let me have two. Nice. And that's two, fine. Huh? Two. I had two Guinnesses. One of them, they put green food coloring in to make it look green. And then I didn't like that because my whole mouth turned green. I was like, I'm not going to walk around with green teeth for the rest of the night. So I just had a regular Guinness after that. I'm a two beer guy. You know what I mean? When I go to dinner, uh, I have one right when we sit down and I, I drink that very fast. Like I'm talking, it hits the table. Down she goes. It's gone within the minute. And then I order another one and I take my time with that. But as soon as the food arrives, I don't know about you. I don't know about our listeners or anybody out there. I can't drink alcohol and eat food at the same time. I just can't, I can't do it. So if I have a beer there and my food comes, just say I get chicken wings or whatever, I, I can't touch my beer until my meal's over. And by that time I'm really full or I'm just, you know, don't feel like drinking a warm beer. So I just don't drink it. And so I, I know now 
I, I've grown. I used to order that third one just because I always felt pressure. The waitress would come around. Do you want another one? I want to be the big shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one for sure. Now I don't. I'm like, let's hold back. And I don't, I'm two. That's it. And, and, and it's nice. So I, I had my two Guinnesses tip. There you go. Can you drink and eat at the same time? No, I'm the same way. I was thinking that. I, that, I think that's a newer thing for me. Like when I was younger or in college or whatever, it's like no problem. But now, yeah, it's like as soon as the meal comes, I'll eat the whole thing and forget I even have a drink. And then I get back to it. And same thing. It's like it's warm or I'm full or I don't want it anymore. Or I'm moving on to something else. And I leave a half that second beer is half drink. And I'm just it done. is funny. I, I wonder, like, I'm not that way with wine because I can drink wine if I'm I, I say I say that word weird wine. But wine. if I do drink wine, I can drink it during a meal or if I'm having just straight liquor, which I very rarely do. I'm not a big liquor guy, but if I do, I can have like a sip during dinner. You know what it is, too? I think it's because I like uh, IPAs, which are hoppy and a little bit heavier. And it's just like much more filling. I could easily eat chicken wings and drink Bud Light, probably. You can wash it down like it's water. You know what I mean? But it's the it's the heavier stuff that just hits differently. Yeah, I like the light stuff. I'm a weenie when it comes to my beers now. I used to be all cool. How much? How many hops are in this? What's the grade? Oh, it's a 10.5% hoppiness. Ooh, that's nice. And you'd sniff it and you would look like a wiener. Now I like myself a nice, easy drinking lager. And you know what? And that's okay. I don't need to be Mr. Hop face for the rest of my life and like choke it down and pretend like I like it. Every once in a while, I'll do an all day IPA. That's the best IPA out there. Other than that, mm. isn't it good? It's fine. It's fine. What's what you, you're like, you're still in the phase where you're trying to impress people and drink like the most hoppiest beers ever. Say like, my I like to get my hops from Argentina. That's just how I am. I just, you know, they're just pure there. It's the rainforest. <laughs> like, give me a break. <laughs> like, just drink a stinking Labatt Blue Light and call it a day. All right. We got a lot to talk about. And you know what's funny? I'm sick of the trade deadline already. I don't know what it, it is even about happened it. Yet. It's I'm sick of it. I want it to be done. I want it to be over with. People talk about this deadline weeks in advance. I try to do all kinds of prep for it. I try to prepare. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's talking about the same players going to the same teams and trying to make it unique and this and that. I don't even care. I just want it to be over with so we can move on with our game. I'm going to talk about some, maybe some players that teams aren't talking about some guys that will make impacts. Cause when you look at the trade deadline in years past, yes, the big names go places like last year, the big trade was Taylor hall. He went to the Bruins or Anthony Mantha went to the capitals. Those were the big names being moved around. They didn't make a difference at all. Jeff Carter went to the penguins. Like, Nick Foligno went to the Leafs. These were the big names that were moved around. Those were the big pieces that people were like, oh, who's going to get him? Who's going to get Paul Mary and Zajac? They went to the Islanders. Big deal. Did they win the Stanley Cup? No. So I think this deadline is much ado about nothing. The big names that go places, I don't think they make the biggest impact. I really don't. I've said this time and time again. In the playoffs, the first two lines cancel each other out. It's going to be the third and fourth line that makes a difference. And I'm going to bring up some names and some players that will make a difference if they get moved. And I don't think anybody talks about these guys. It's sexy to talk about Claude Giroux and Jacob Chitrin and Mark Giordano and Marc-Andre Fleury and all these high-end guys. I don't think they're going to make a sniff of a difference when they go to a team. Maybe a little bit. If, if, 
If Giroux goes to Minnesota, I think he makes a difference on that team. If he goes to Florida, I don't think he makes much of a difference. Maybe a little uptick, a little bit, because they have a good center core there. If he goes to Colorado, I don't think he makes that much of a difference. Is he going to really see a ton of ice time playing third line center? Is that going to make a huge impact on that team? He's not going to crack the first two lines. But anyways, we'll dig into that. I'm just saying I'm tired of the trade deadline already. It, It drives me nuts. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's linked to the Maple Leafs. Everybody's linked to the Bruins. Every team's going to get every player. It's just wild. And what's going to happen? Monday's going to roll around. And the NHL is just going to lay a huge dump on everybody. And no one's going to get traded. And there's going to be like three deals. And everyone's just going to be sitting there. James Duffy, poor James Duffy is going to be sitting on TSN for seven hours trying to like play rock, paper, scissors with the cameraman because there's no trades. I was at the the trade deadline thing when I retired. They invited me to go there to fill time and just be like a dancing bear for everybody to distract them for how boring it is. And it's painful. It's absolutely painful. These guys are calling agents, GMs, trying to get news and this and that. Nothing's coming in and they're scrambling to talk about stuff and they have to rehash old stuff. Well, maybe we've heard that he might go to this team. And it's like, they're asking me to call players like call Thomas Vanek. Where's Thomas going? I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like I, so I'm sorry to disappoint everybody listening, but I don't know how everybody else feels. I'm just sick of it. Do you get sick of it, Tim? I watch other sports. I'm sorry to go on a rant football. I wish we were a football podcast every day. There's like so much great stuff to talk about. Like every single day, Aaron Rodgers sign, Russell Wilson gets traded. The bills get Von Miller. Um, Devonte Adams just got traded. Tom Brady comes out of retirement. And that's just like off the top of my head. And those are all superstar names moving places. And it happens like all in one week. It's what Deshaun Watson's going to make it, make a decision in the next day or so. If he's going to go to the saints or the Falcons, I'm a big football guy. I enjoy football, but it, it's, there's always something happening in football. Hockey, they build it up, they build it up, they build it up, and then you just leave unsatisfied. I'm so unsatisfied after every trade deadline. No one's going to get moved. Pavelski's already re-signed. Hurdle's already re-signed. Chitrin's not going anywhere. Vancouver's not going to make any moves. Dallas isn't going to make any moves. It's really dried up, and I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble, but it just that's the fact. And so everyone should just get over it. Let's just going to see who's going to make the playoffs when we go from here. But anyways... Now that I've dumped on our whole podcast and what we're going to talk about, let's get into the trade deadline, Tim. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, what do you want to start? Well, let's start with the big elephant in the room. Claude Giroux just played his 1,000th game. They held him back. They didn't want to trade him before that for some sense of allegiance and some sense of like, you're a flyer forever. We're going to make sure you play 1,000 games here. I don't understand the sentimental side of that. Maybe I'm just like emotionless and a robot, but they did that for whatever reason. He played his 1000th game yesterday. It was great. They had a massive tribute and his kids came out. It was just, they gave everybody grilled cheese sandwiches because apparently Claude Giroux likes eating grilled cheese sandwiches before the games. I don't know. He played his 1000th game. They went on the road. They're off to Ottawa. Claude stayed back. Claude's going to get traded. Does he last the day in Philadelphia? I don't think so. I think he gets dealt today. What are you hearing, Tim? You're a Claude Giroux insider. You love grilled cheese sandwiches. So do I, by the way. A nice grilled cheese sandwich. Well, give me four of them. A bowl of tomato soup and some Ritz crackers. I'm good. I am good for like a good hour if you give me that meal. Oh, 
man, that's good stuff. Is it just bread and cheese for you or do you have something special you put with it? What else would be in a grilled cheese, Tim? I don't know. I feel like you usually have like, oh, you got to do this, but you got to add, you have to add this. This is the secret ingredient. Danielle usually has something that she makes it extra special for you. This is Listen, I don't want to say I put, I don't want to say I put mayonnaise on the bread when I put it on the pan, but I do. So yeah. that's maybe a little something extra there. I've, I have gone away from butter and I'm all in on mayonnaise when I grill stuff. Like if I'm going to grill a sandwich, whether it's a turkey cheddar, cheddar, whether it's um, whatever it may be, mayonnaise adds a little bit of zesty flavor. And it works just as good as butter. And the key is it's so much easier to spread. I don't know about you, but it, I hate butter when it's hard. I throw it in the microwave and then it just ends up being molten pool and I have to spoon it on and it's just is a mess. So why not just grab the butter? It's, I mean, the mayonnaise, it's great. I don't know. I don't want to give away I, all my trade secrets. When I open my restaurant, I want to be able to have some, you know, tricks up my sleeve. What do you got? What kind of restaurant? Don't worry about it, Tim. I can't, I can't divulge too much information. Okay. It's going to have a lot of mayonnaise based, a lot of mayonnaise based food. All right. Claude okay. Giroux, Tim, you're an Claude insider. Giroux, yeah. What is every, what is everyone saying? What's worse? So, the rumors were flying, obviously the last couple of weeks, we, we knew that tonight was probably going to last night was going to be his last game. And actually there was a report that the Florida Panthers, like director of travel and player accommodations, whatever was in the building last night in Philly. So Everyone was eyes on this thing. Um, he played the game. Really nice moment. I want to get to that in a little bit. But then a reporter, Anthony Sapalipo, um, who's one of those Broad Street reporters, Flyers guy. Um, he tweeted last night, Claude Giroux is not accompanying the Flyers to Ottawa. He's staying back while Chuck Fletcher puts the finishing touches on a trade. A deal is not yet final, but I'm told it's going to be with the Florida Panthers. The Flyers were considering offers from four teams, Florida, Colorado, Boston, and the New York Rangers. It's believed that Giroux nixed offers to New York and Boston. Uh, Let's touch on that for a second. If you're Claude Giroux, what is it about Boston and the Rangers that says, you know what, not for me? Well, you want to win a Stanley Cup, right? That's the end game for him. Like this is his year. This is his time to be traded. He wants to sign a long-term deal, I'm guessing, after this UFA period. Boston's not going to win the Stanley Cup. How does that feel to you as a Bruins fan, a lifelong Bruins guy, when the top guy in the market says, you know what? No, 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 I pass. No, thanks. That's got to hurt the ego a little bit if you're a Bruins fan or a Bruins player because you're not the destination that you once were for the last decade. Does that sting a little bit, Tim? It's hard to believe when you won like 11 out of the last 14 games or something. They're they're looking really good, but... Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, um, they're not as good as Florida or Colorado. So if you if you got your pick, you're going to start with those two teams, of course. So I get it. Yeah, so if you're Claude Giroux and you can go anywhere you want because that's that's what he has with a no-move clause. He can pick wherever he wants to go. Where are you going? Which team do you think? You Put yourself in Claude Giroux's shoes. Where are you going? It's Monday right now. Trade deadline's happening. Chuck Fletcher calls you. said, all right, Claude. They're offering the same thing. We're getting a prospect and a first rounder. Where do you want to go, man? I'm going to let you pick your team. Where do you go? Colorado or Florida? Uh, I got to think Colorado. They're, I don't know. It's a toss-up. I go back and forth on this. What do you think? No, make a decision. Colorado. Why Colorado? I think they're a better team. Okay. Although the... I get a little nervous about that, though, just because of the way they've – I wouldn't say imploded is a strong word, but they've not performed well in the playoffs the last couple of years. So that makes me a little nervous. 
but they, you know, Florida hasn't done much in the playoffs either. So it, it's tit for tat at this point. Yeah, but the expectations weren't as high for them. It was different for those guys. So I don't know. It's you can't go wrong with it. They, they're. I think that's going to be the the Stanley Cup final matchup right there. Those two teams. So if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm banging my head on the desk right now because I haven't gotten the decision out of you yet. Where definitively do you want to go? Is it Florida Panthers or the Colorado Avalanche? I would, oh God, now I'm thinking Florida. Now I think he's more likely to play in their top six there. You know what? You're staying in Philly. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know what you want from me, John. What's, what's the answer here? Uh, you tell me you're Claude Giroux. Do you want to play for the Colorado Avalanche? Potentially you're going to play on their third line. Or do you want to go to the Florida Panthers and play in the top two line role? I don't, th- I don't care where I play as long as I win a cup. Oh, you're so you're painful. Make a decision. Typical kids. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Millennial. Make a decision and stick with it. Luke Wall. I don't know, if, if I'm Claude Giroux, if I'm Claude Giroux, the road to the Stanley Cup is easier out west. I feel like you're not going to have as many upsets. If you're the Florida Panthers, you have a very difficult road to get to the Stanley Cup. Your first round matchup right now is the uh, the Washington Capitals. You're going to get by them, and that's if. You can get that first seed, which you're battling for right now with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Carolina Hurricanes. So if you do somehow end up in the second seed, you had a matchup with the Boston Bruins. Like you said, they've been on fire lately. Do you really want to play a first-round matchup versus the Boston Bruins? And I know iron sharpens iron, and you got to play the best teams. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Not in the first round. Not in the first round. Like in the first round, you want to like get your – Get your wits about you. Daryl Sutter said it in a press conference this week about the Colorado Avalanche. He's like, do you want to play Colorado in the first round? Because you might as well just pack your bags because you're going to be gone in five games or five days. Like, It's pretty striking when a coach in your own conference is telling a team in the wild card, don't even bother to show up if you're going to play Colorado in the first round because they are a juggernaut of a team. So if I'm Giroux, I'm going to Colorado. I think they have the best opportunity right now to make the Stanley Cup. Once you get there, all bets are off because we don't know who the best teams are. Florida's really good. If they make the Cup, they're really, really good. Tampa Bay, we know. Three-peat, could it be done? Potentially, I don't think so this year. Carolina Hurricanes are a very dangerous team. So the road to getting to where you want to be is much easier in the West. It's much, much easier. There's really, I've said it for the last couple of weeks, there's really only one other good team I'm, I'm nervous about if I'm Colorado. It's another team that starts with a C, the Calgary Flames. So it's uh, to me, he ends up in Colorado. I don't think it matters for Chuck Fletcher. I think he's going to get what he's going to get. Either it's Owen Tippett from the Florida Panthers. They don't have a first rounder Florida to give up, though. That's the tricky part. So they're going to have to make some make something out of nothing. Colorado does have a little bit more to give up, but um, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting where Claude Giroux ends up. Is there anything else about him you want to touch on? You you mentioned you want to touch on his big tribute, how touching that was. Well, just on the on the rumor front, again, Pierre LeBron tweeted right after him saying, uh, no Claude Giroux trade yet. Sources say he won't play Friday or Sunday. Flyers will hold him out in the weekend until it's resolved. Florida remains very interested. I think Colorado remains in the mix. We'll see what Friday brings. And then Elliot Friedman this morning said, as Aunt San Philly tweeted last night, he did not go to Ottawa with a team. If not done by Sunday, he won't play versus the Islanders either. All eyes on Florida, but Colorado has not given up. I think it will be the Panthers, but as I write this, 
Panthers have not made an offer that has Philly saying yes. So it's still it's still open. It sounded like it was just about done last night, but that's not the case based on what Freeman's saying this morning. So I think it's it could still happen between either of these two teams. Um, but regardless of how this shakes out, it appears that Giroux has played his last game as a flyer. And I think it's cool too. Like it, it's a cool way to go out. You're you play your thousandth game at home and you know, in front of all those fans, your, your family's there. You got your kid in your shoulders. I think it's a really cool tribute and a, an emotional night for him. But I think a lot of guys would have loved to, to have a moment like that. And so good for him. I think he deserves it. Yeah, I think he does deserve it. It's, it's, um, it's sad to see him go because when you think of the Philadelphia Flyers, you think of Claude Giroux. And you, you thought of Voracek too, right? Those were the two guys who were always connected to that team. But, you know, it didn't work out. They had their big Stanley Cup run in 2010 when they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in the final. Pronger was there. They had a really good team. And since then, it's really just been failure after failure after failure of just trying to cobble together that moment of success that they had in that year. And they weren't even meant to, they were an eighth seed going into that playoffs. So they really struck lightning in a bottle and made it work, but it's just, um, it hasn't worked out. So it's going to be sad to see him leave, but it'll be exciting to see what he does. I'm not so much worried about this playoffs. I'm excited to see where he goes in the off season. Cause he's wherever he goes, he's going to chase a cup, whether he wins it or not, that's fine. He's not going to sign with the team he goes to. He's going to want a little more money and a little bit of term. Those teams won't be able to afford him. It'll be neat. If he goes to Montreal, it'd be neat. If he goes to a, a really big market. Philly's a somewhat of a big market, but just I'm interested to see where he goes after this playoff run. But yeah, good for Claude Giroux. He's a fun guy to watch. He doesn't take himself too serious. He's got heck of hands, a heck of a good set of hands on him. And he's just, I don't know, he's one of those guys, if you want to be entertained, if you want to go to a hockey game and like really be wowed, he does it in so many different ways. He chirps guys. He has fun. He has a smile on his face. He hits, he gets in people's you know faces all the time. And he's just a good old-fashioned hockey player. He's a good old boy. I like it. So, I don't know, good for him. Philly is a – their fans are just relentless. And he's a Philly guy. He said it going out. He's like, I know the Phillies fans. They know me. Flyers, excuse me. The Flyers fans, they know me. And uh, they, they were a good fit together. But uh, moving on. Let's talk about a trade that's already been completed. The biggest D on the market, Ben Sherratt. Chariot? Sherratt? I always do that. He got dealt. No surprise, Florida Panthers. He was linked to them. He was linked to a couple other teams. He was the the big prize that everybody wanted. People are saying they got fleeced, that that they gave up too much, that the Florida Panthers paid too much for this. What do you think of this? Everybody's saying this. All the pundits, all the talking heads, ooh, they they paid too much. It was too much for him. They gave up a first rounder, a fourth rounder, and a mid-grade prospect in Tyler Smilonic, who apparently is not like a, a grade A guy, but he's just right there he's gonna have a good future so what uh what do you think of this did they pay too much i mean probably but i don't necessarily have a problem with that so like yeah i think it's overpayment for what Shabrat brings to the table he's a good defenseman who i saw a good retweet the other day just like wasn't really set up for success in montreal this year was asked to do a little bit too much with all the injuries they've had and um he'll do better in a more of a shutdown role and a second third pairing role and i think he'll 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 do well for them giving up a first unconditional first plus all these other pieces. That's it's, it's a lot, but if it gets you the guy you want and it brings you the success you need, whether or not you win the cup, if, you, if you're, if he's contributing to a deep playoff run, it's probably worth it, especially to make sure that I want to get him to make sure the Tampa doesn't go get him or the Rangers or Carolina. So I'm okay with it, even though, yeah, I probably feels like an overpayment. You know, I, I went back and forth on this and 
I, I kind of came down. It's not an overpayment. I think it's fine. When you, when you look back years prior, remember how much everyone was lambasting the Tampa Bay lightning when they got good drove for a first rounder and they went on and got Coleman for a first rounder. Everyone was just like questioning what they were doing. Why would you do this? Why would you give up a first rounder for a fourth line guy twice? And look what happened. When you, when you look at all the rankings, the best trades at deadline history, those ones are right up there. Everybody's just lauding Tampa Bay now. Oh, they're so great. They're so smart. This is the guy they wanted. The Florida Panthers have been scouting Sherratt for months now. They tried to get him earlier this year. Even in the offseason, they tried to get him. They like Ben Sherratt. It never worked out. Like you said, they don't want him going to another team. This is going to be a good pickup for them. When you look at their defensive lineup, yes, they have Radko Gudis. They need another guy to play either in the 5-6 role or a 3-4 role. They can move Radko Gudis down. He's a good fit for this team. And when you're going up against Tampa Bay Lightning, against the New York Rangers, against the Carolina Hurricanes, all three of those teams have just incredible forward groups. They are arguably could be ranked top three in the NHL. You need a guy who can be a shutdown guy, who can lean on their forwards, who can make it hard for forwards to enter the zone. And that's what Ben Sherrod does. And yes, his play did dip when he wasn't paired to Shea Weber. But like you said, they really relied on him, didn't put him in a position of success. And Montreal was garbage for the first three quarters of the season. Yes, they've turned their season around, but they were hot garbage. Like they were a bad, bad team. So I think he's going to turn his season around. I like this trade. I don't think it's an overpay. What this does do is it sets the market. And GMs wait. Ron Hextall was talking about this. He's like, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to be the first guy to make a deal because I want to see where the market's at. And then I can you know, adjust my trades accordingly after I see this. This sets a bad precedent for the rest of the deadline because GMs see this now and they go, hmm, okay. So if Sherratt gets this much, my guy, I should get this much for my guy. If I'm holding on to a player like um, Jacob Middleton in San Jose, per se, he's a young defenseman. Not many people know about him, but he's playing really good. He's playing top four minutes now. He's either paired with Brent Burns or Carlson, whoever it may be. And teams are kicking the tires on him. He's a 26-year-old guy. No one really knows about him too much, but he's he's playing well. Well, if Sherrod gets a first rounder and this and this, well, maybe Jacob Middleton's good for a second rounder. Whereas before the Sherrod trade, teams were thinking a fourth and a third rounder for Jacob Middleton. So everybody's ask gets bumped up. And that's a big deal. If you're a team, you're like, uh, I don't know if I want to give up this much. And the player it affects the most is Jacob Chitrin. Because if, if you're a Jacob Chitrin and you want to get dealt, they've had conversations with the Arizona GM. Obviously, he's not happy there. Obviously, the GM wants to get rid of him for whatever reason. What do you think the ask now is for Jacob Chitrin, Tim? If, if you're the LA Kings, we had a someone tweet in, any chance you can talk about who might um, the Kings get traded for us from LA Bum 24-7. Great Twitter name. They're, they were all in on Chitron. That's their guy. If you're the LA Kings, you don't really need to add someone just for a, a flyer in the playoffs. You're not going to win the Stanley Cup. You want to add someone with term who's younger, who can be with your team for years on end. That was Chitron. Well, the ask for Chitron initially probably would have been a first, a second, and a prospect. Maybe maybe a first, a second, and a couple prospects. If Sherratt gets a first, a second, and a fourth, and a prospect, or whatever it was, a first, a fourth, and a prospect, what does he ask for Chitron now, Tim? Because... Ooh. Chitrin's seven years younger. He's got three or four years left on his deal on a pretty good term, and he's a better hockey player. So what, what do you give up? Like if you're the LA GM 
what do you want now for Chitrin once you see, or the, uh, excuse me, the Arizona GM, what are you asking for from LA now? Now that you know, Sherrod gets the first, the fourth, and a prospect. Yeah, we don't know. I, I think it's multiple firsts. I think it's probably additional picks. It's probably a, a prospect or two. It's got to be more than what Chirac got, and Chirac got a lot. I think it's going to be a lot more, like for the reasons you mentioned. Better player, longer term, better contract, more offense. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a package like we talked about last show that, that, that hurts as a fan where you're like, man, we don't have the first-round pick for the next two years. We got rid of our worst, our best prospect. We got rid of a good young player on our roster, but – bringing in a guy who should be worth it, but it's not going to be an easy trade to make. So I think it's, I think it's multiple first is the, where you start. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I, I don't think this is a deal that happens now just based on that Sherrod trade. I think that sets the market. I've said that 15 times now, but I, I do think that pushes this deal to the off season where teams can really dig in a little more and not be rushed to a trade. You'll see this a lot. I think this trade deadline where trades might've happened, but they just push it to the offseason. Montreal is going to do that for a few guys. Vancouver is going to do this for a few guys. I don't think we're going to see the movement that we want to see just based on there aren't a lot of high-end rentals out there anymore. You know, at the start of the season, I was like, Pittsburgh's going to be out of it. Washington's going to be out of it. Dallas is going to be out of it. Vancouver's going to be out of it. All these teams are going to be sellers. Now, all of a sudden, Dallas has squeaked into the playoffs conversation. Vancouver's into the playoff conversation. All of these teams that were sellers are now buyers, and it's just there's nobody out there. Ottawa doesn't really have anybody to sell. San Jose doesn't have that many players to sell. Anaheim is kind of on the fence. We'll touch on um, Lindholm in a little bit. He will be a big ticket item depending on where he goes. I know Anaheim has been under talks to sign him, but the deal now is term. Players see these big deals, especially defensemen. You see the McCars, you see the Jones, you see the Foxes, you see all these guys getting eight years for nine million bucks, and you want in on the party. But Verbeek said he's not going to give him seven years. He's not going to give him eight years. He really wants to control a term and not just get outrageous contracts to people just because everybody else is giving him out. So he will be a high-ticket defenseman that's going to be traded this deadline. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. But um, back to the Kings. I don't think they make a move. I think Chitrin was their guy, but I don't think he gets moved just based on the Chariot, um, chariot deal. Well, actually, Darren Drager just tweeted out, speaking of um, Hampus Lindholm, he said, a few, a few teams continue to digest a steep asking price. There's always a little wiggle room, but the current ask is a first, a third, and a top prospect, likely some spinoff from the Sherratt trade to Florida. Exactly what we just talked about. Damn it, Drager. Why not tweet that out after we release it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I agree. Glenn, uh, sorry, Glenn just said he won't. He's not going to play tonight. He's going to be held out. He is the highest grade defenseman that is out there. I like myself some Hampus Lindholm. Uh, I'm interested to see where he goes. He will be a, a fun guy to watch. He he's a game changer. He really is. So I don't know. Where do you think he? Go? Have you got any insight on where he ends up, Tim? No, I haven't heard anything there yet. Um, there's a lot of teams asking about a defenseman, but like you said, there's like a little bit of a a little lull, a little pause in the market after the the Sherratt deal because everyone is just recalibrating. The teams that are selling are thinking, like you said, about okay, maybe I need to get a little bit more than I originally thought. They're working the phones, but I I, I especially if Giroud, the Drew deal happens, these dominoes tend to fall. So as soon as this goes through, I bet we'll see a bunch of deals over the weekend. I agree. I, I think a Lindholm. Gosh, I know the Toronto Maple Leafs would love to get their hands on him. I think Toronto has cooled off on getting a goaltender. I don't think that's a hot pressing issue right now, especially with the emergence of this guy from the AHL. He's been playing well. 
And like I said before, I like Jack Campbell. And what they needed was a guy who could come in and supplant him if he does have a rough game. I think they can go with a two-goalie system in Toronto and take them you know, to the Stanley Cup. I think they have a good enough team, but they need to add another defenseman. If they could somehow make it work with a Hampus Lindholm to get him to Toronto, man, would that be a really good pickup for them? It really would. I know Toronto's been they, they, Mark Giordano is obviously the the guy people talk about because he's from Toronto. He played in Calgary for years. He's a Canadian boy. Everybody's familiar with them. That would be a really great pickup for them. Just you know, um, sentimentally, emotionally, that would just oh tug at everybody's cord, just like a Joe Thornton or to Patrick Marlowe. Hampus Lindholm. He's the guy who's going to move the needle on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if it's not him, it's got to be Jacob Middleton from San Jose. I think those two guys, and then you go to Giordano. I don't think Giordano is going to make that much of a difference. Yes, he's been there. Yes, he's a Norris Trophy winner. Yes, he's you know done the Olympics. He's done everything. The guy's 38 years old. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like Age is just, it, it gets me. The guy's old. He's having an okay year in Seattle. I don't think... And then Seattle's asking for a first rounder. Like they're crazy. If you give up a first rounder to get a Margie Giordano at this point, you're a bad GM. You should not give up a first rounder to get Margie Giordano. It just should not be a thing. If you're giving up a first rounder and a high prospect, you better be getting yourself some uh, Hampus Lindholm. All right. What else are we talking about, Tim? There's another trade uh, this week. I'm, I'm going to butcher the name. Do you have any idea how to say this name? Kale Yonkark. Kale Yonkark. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cali, Kale, I'm just guessing. Yeah, Kale Yonkok. He was um, tweet, traded from the Seattle Kraken to the Flames uh, for a second, a third, and a seventh, which I thought was a lot. I mean, he's a good player. He's a middle six forward who's best on the you know the defensive side of his game. He's a good piece. Like that's like you, you know, like you said with the Coleman Gaudreau of the world. I think those are the the sort of role players, the depth players that make a big impact in a long playoff run. So I I like the move. It does seem like a lot. The other cool thing with this trade is he's Elias Lindholm's cousin. Yeah. Um, and so they're basically like brothers. They play together their whole lives. They dreamt about being in the NHL together. So it's cool for them to be able to be on the same team. Um, I don't know. Does this move the needle much for the Flames? Is this a big deal? And he's really good friends with Jakob Markstrom, Jacob Markstrom. They're from the same hometown in Sweden. So all three of them, they've always joked or planned on, well, well, maybe we'll get to play on the same team together in the NHL. Now they have. So I think this is a huge deal. This is one of those deals I was talking about at the beginning of the show where he's not a big name guy, but he does everything. This is going to be a guy who makes an impact. He will do everything for this Calgary Flames team. He's coming in. They put him on their second line already. They slotted him in with Tyler Toffoli and Andrew Mangiapane. Love Andrew Mangiapane. Love this guy. That's a pretty formidable second line. If it is even a second line, when your third line's back, when Coleman and Lewis, and your fourth line's got Sean Monaghan. Your fourth line, your sentiment, Sean Monahan with Milan Lucic and Dylan Dubé. So they, Calgary is, they're loaded, man. I'm telling you right now, there's not a better team in the NHL right now than the Calgary Flames. They, they have made perfect moves. Tyler Toffoli has fit in seamlessly. Kale Yonkark, it's, it's a great pickup. The great thing about the Calgary Flames, every single one of their players, you look at their lineup, they can play on any line. Every single one of them. You look at their fourth line. Lucic could jump in on the first line if he wanted to. Sean Monaghan has played many of his games in his career on the first line. Dylan Dubé is a young guy who scores. He can get up and on the ice. First line. Coleman, he did it in New Jersey. He did it in Tampa Bay. He jumps up and on the lineup. Backlund, Trevor Lewis is a veteran guy. All these guys, they're responsible defensively. They get in on the forecheck. They're just good, good forwards who can do everything. Yonkirk's a killer in the dot. He can also play the wing. Bonji Apani, everybody knows about him. They... Tim, I love 
I love the Calgary Flames. I love everything they've done. The GM has knocked it out of the park. They got a good coach to kind of control the reins, keep everybody focused. I, I don't want to go out on the edge and say they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I have three teams or four teams that I think are going to win the Cup, and they're one of them. It's a very short list for me, and they're almost at the top. They, I don't think they need to do anything else. Their defense is right there. They got size. They got mobility. They got guys who can move the puck. They're, they're Tim, I don't know what else. I'm, I am amazed that they've done what they've done. I think it's, well, it's a genius move. It's a genius move for the Flames to bring him in. Yeah, it just shows like how good it was that they brought in Toffoli when they did a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? That the asking price would have been much higher now. They would have been in much more competition for for his services, especially at that time. Hurdle was still in the market, and Pavelski was still in the market, and the Canucks were out of it. So Besser and, and Miller and all those guys were still in the market. And now, and you maybe underpaid a little bit for Toffoli, and and not only has he helped them win the last couple of weeks, but obviously now he's going to be there and at a much cheaper price. So they look really, really good by making that move when they did. Oh, you know what else looks really good? Grilled cheese sandwiches. You know where I can get grilled cheese sandwiches, Tim? DoorDash. If I really want to get it, I can get it. There's a restaurant in town called Frenchies. They make delicious ones. Because DoorDash is the best, and you should use them. We use them. Tim uses them. It's fantastic. They're the best food delivery company in the world. I know it. You know it. So get on your phone. Get on your app. Get on your computer. Dial up DoorDash. Ding, ding, dong. It's at your door. Use promo code GLOVESDD if you're in Canada. GLOVESDDUS if you're in the USA. You get 25% off free delivery. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Your tummy's full. You fat slob. You got some food in your mouth. It's delicious. And DoorDash will help you get there. It's so good. I use it. Tim uses it. You should use it too and save a little money at the same time. So gloves DD, if you're in Canada, gloves DD US, if you're in the US of A, it's so simple. You'd be silly not to use it. Check out DoorDash. You're a great company. We only partner with the best companies, Tim, and DoorDash is one of them. I think we're the only person on the earth who has this deal with them. So check it out. It's a delicious company and you get delicious food. All right. You mentioned Hurdle. He signed a pretty good deal. I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, if they sign him for less than $8 million, you know, it's a club discount. What did you think? Eight years, 8.1375. Good deal, bad deal, fair market value. What do you think of the deal as a whole? Yeah, fair market value. I think it's a good deal for both sides. The only part that makes me a little bit nervous, like he's he's young, he's a good player. Is he 27, right? 28, something like that. He's yeah. a... He's right in his prime. He's entering some really good years. So I like this move for them. But I just the part that makes me nervous is just the history they've had with long-term contracts with the, you know, Carlson's. And we talked about this, the Burns, the Vlasic. They were they were stuck years ago with, with other longer players. And it's just it hasn't always worked out for this team. And now a lot of these guys are still in the contract for several years. It might be three or four years before you can bring in, unless you can grow some home talent, is bring in a player that can – help hurdle turn this team into a contender because these guys aren't getting any younger. So I, I, I don't, I like the move in isolation, but when I look at that move within the larger picture for the sharks and their long-term plan, it seems a little bit confused. I don't, I don't see like where they're going and with the direction of this franchise. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but it just seems like it's uh, I don't know. It doesn't fit with the direction that this team is headed. Yeah, I, I think the direction is muddled, right? Are you rebuilding? Are you trying to sell Carlson Burns Vlasic? What what direction are you headed? I, I agree. I, I think the, the future is muddled right there with Doug Wilson. He wants to maintain that they're still a competitive team, but yet you have failed this year. You're not going to make the playoffs, and you're going to run back the same team. You, owe, you have 14 guys signed for next year, and it's $64 million of eating up your cap. So you still have to sign – 
eight more guys and you only have $18 million to do that. So you can't make a big splash when you have to give a guy, each guy like $1.5 million. Like you're not going to get impact players. So you're going to be running back the same team. You're going to change an Andrew Cogliano for somebody else, a Barbarana for somebody else. Like you're just replacing third, fourth line guys. Your core guys are still there. It's still Couture, Meyer, Hurdle, Benino's still there. You still got the three big Albatross contracts on the back end. And I love Brent Burns. I love Mark Andre, Mark Edward Vlasic. I don't love Eric Carlson. I've never met him, but you know, at the end of the day, you have to be honest. Like those are bad contracts at this point. Like they're 31, 37, 34, and they're still signed for five more years, six more years. So I, I don't understand it. I agree. I think they could have maybe made, made a better franchise decision and traded this guy and maybe plan for three, four years out and get a couple first round draft picks. But you know, Doug Wilson, he, he has been a good GM in this league. Maybe he's got a plan. Maybe he will figure something out in the off season and buy out some of these defensemen and just eat that hefty cap hit. But I don't know I, I would have liked to see Thomas be traded, but that it was his decision, right? He was going to be UFA. He was going to test the market or he was going to sign. He obviously is having a good career in San Jose. He likes his time. His wife likes it. His kids probably enjoy being there. So it stinks as a talking head. You like to talk about the scenarios where Thomas is going to go, how he would play with, you know, uh, Mika Zabinijad with the New York Rangers, how he would fit in in Colorado, how he would fit in these really high-end teams with Boston. You know, it would be neat to see him with a posture knock. But it is what it is. He's going to stay in San Jose, and they'll continue to be a mediocre team. Maybe they'll make a run next year, make the playoffs. They won't win the Stanley Cup. But um, – I don't know. It's good for Thomas. It's a good deal for team and player. I think, I think it's a fair deal. Thomas will continue to be a point per game guy. He'll continue to be the really strong centerman winger, wherever you put him. But uh, I don't know, eight, 8 million bucks is a lot of money. Like it's a lot. You could make 8 million in one year and just retire for the rest of your life. The guy's making it for eight years. He's set. So good for Thomas. Good. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to say good for San Jose. I think it's, why do they give out such long-term contracts for so much money? I don't understand. Like I get so you want now, to keep these guys, but it's just like Carlson's making eleven five, Burns is making eight, Vlasic's making seven, Couture's making eight, Timo Meyer's making six. Then you got Hurdle making eight point one seven. The only guy on that list who I think is like a really high-end guy is Thomas Hurdle. Like I, I love Cooch. I don't think he's a high-end guy anymore. You know, <laughs> like but they're ranked in the top fifty in scoring or contracts in the league and there's six of them and only one of them really moves the needle they're gonna have like 60 percent of their salary cap committed to those five players when you're going couture as well that's what you you can't do anything with that unless those players are producing which they're not so man that's that's a tough thing to swallow contrast that to a team like the colorado avalanche where 60 percent of their cap is eaten up by rantana landeskog mckinnon mccarr and samuel gerard those are five stinking superstars. Like we're talking five all world players that are putting it out every single night. If you're making an Olympic team, they're making the team. If you're making an all NHL team, those five guys are making the team. And you know what I mean? So it's which eggs are you going to put your basket in? And you're giving your pennies to the wrong guys at this point, but good for Thomas hurdle. Uh, we'll see. All right. What else are we talking about today? Uh, let's get into some quick hits. You mentioned it already, but Giordano reportedly wants to go to the Maple Leafs, which he said, is he from that area? I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's Um, a Toronto area guy. So he's, he's hinted at wanting to play Toronto at some point in his career. It just hasn't worked out. This is um, the first time he's really been on the trade deadline market. So he, he gets to choose where he wants to go. The Seattle GM, Ron Francis, he, he is very aware of Giordano's situation and he seems to be 
willing to honor where Mark Giordano wants to go, even if that means they get a little less of a return for him, which is very rare. Like GMs would never do that. So if he wants to go to Toronto, they're hoping for a first rounder. Maybe Toronto's only offering a second. Maybe he will honor that. Giordano has a full no move clause, so he can nix any deal if he wants it. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, don't do this if you're Toronto. Don't do this. I don't think it ends with the Stanley Cup parade. I really, really don't. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I want to, there's some guys out there, some defensemen who will make a bigger difference than Giordano. I think he'll make just as big of an impact as a Ben Sherratt. Guys like a Marcus Pedersen for Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's trying to clear up cap room. He's a young defenseman. He signed for a little bit of term. He's a good D-man. He's worked his way into a top six role with them. He was kind of on the outs at the beginning of the season this year and last year. He's a good defenseman. I've had him linked to Vancouver a little bit. We'll see where he goes with that. Even a, a Moreno or Morano, whatever they call him. He, I like myself and Marcus Pedersen. Luke Shen from the Vancouver Canucks, hard hitting, low, like low money guy. I think he makes 850,000. He's a poor man's Ben Sherratt. You know, he's been there. He's won the Stanley cup with Tampa Bay. He plays the hard minutes. You can slot him in on the number six role. He can eat up minutes for the other team's third and fourth line. I think he's a really valuable piece. And Justin Braun from the Philadelphia Flyers. He guys a vet. He's been in playoff battles. He knows how to win. His, his metrics are really good for a defensive defenseman. He doesn't give up many points. He blocks a ton of shots. He, eats pucks. Like I think if you're a team, a Toronto Maple Leafs or a Boston Bruins or a team who's looking for a guy on the low end, you can get him for a third or fourth rounder. These are the guys who are going to make a huge impact that no one talks about. A Ricard Raquel, a Dominic Kublik from Chicago who is having a down year, maybe go and grab him. Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg. I think he's a really versatile forward. He's a veteran guy, plays center or the wing, gets up and down the ice. These are the guys who I'm going for. If I'm a GM Ottawa, all of a sudden Nick Paul's on the market. He's not re-signing. I like myself, Nick Paul. He's six foot three. He's a young guy. He does everything. He's super responsibly defensively. He doesn't maybe put up too many points, but he can be put in a second on role if you really need him to. But he's a good shutdown guy. Throw him on your third line. Also in Ottawa, Chris Tierney, anchor your fourth line centerman, really good in the PK, can move up in the lineup. I like these guys who you can put them in different situations. Those are the guys who are going to make a big difference in the playoffs. So keep an eye out for those four, five, six guys, because I think if they do get moved, again, with the Hawks, they got a Calvin DeHaan. I think he'll be really be valuable. Dylan Strom, if they want to move on from him, he's a guy who can – Strom is a guy who you can put in your top six. I think he fits. There's not a lot of guys who can fit in the top six. There's Giroux, there's Strom, maybe a Kublik, a Ricard Raquel. There's not many of them. I think Strom is a guy, if you put him in the right situation, he's going to fly. He's going to be really, really successful. So keep an eye on those guys. But um, I just wanted to get that out there before we moved on with the quick hits. That's a good list. So if you're if you're saying, like, if you're the Florida GM, if you're the Rangers GM, something like that, you'd rather give up a, a, a smaller package for a Strom than give up a big one for Giroux. Without a doubt. Yeah, if Giroux's asking price is a first and a high prospect and Strom was a third, I'm taking Strom all day. Without a doubt. I think Strom obviously is not as good as a Giroux, but if he's 75% there, I think I think you do that. I, I, without a doubt. And that's tough because if you're going for the cup, you might as well go all in. But if you're trying to think of the future, not wanting a mortgage, a first rounder, which Toronto says they're really stickler. They don't want to give up a first rounder. So yeah. I, and Strom, if you put him in a good situation, we've seen what he can do. When you put him with Taves or Kane, even when he was with the Rangers, he, he had some success when he was with some high-end guys. Yes, he does kind of he is invisible sometimes, but when he's on, he's on. I think in the playoffs, he would really shine. I like Dylan Strom. I think he's a good player. All right. What else are we talking about? Uh, bad news out of Ottawa. Not that they're really in the hunt or anything, but Thomas Shabbat has a fractured hand. He is done for the season, which is just too bad for them. Um, 
Now, speaking of injuries, Eichel got hurt last night. He left the game. Shabbat Shalom. You didn't give me a chance to say Shabbat Shalom. Sorry. Now, I, I said it. Now you can move on. Okay. It's out of my system. I was just like waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Eichel's hurt, and now so I, I saw this list tweeted out of all the injured players that Vegas has right now. Eichel being added to it. Mark Stone, Pacioretty, Robin Lehner, who they said last night the report yesterday could be out for the rest of the regular season. It's not looking good. Uh, Riley Smith, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, Nick Haig, and Ben Cutton has COVID. So it's like not- it's like two thirds of their best players, and it's crazy. So top two lines basically without Chandler Stevenson and Marshall Stone. Yeah, it's uh. You can't win. You know, they won last night. They got it out of win versus Florida. Big win for them. That's kind of stopped their five-game losing streak. But uh, it's going to be tough sledding for the Vegas Golden Knights. The coach just called out their goaltenders. He's like, you got to get in front of the puck. That's your job. Like, you have one job, and it's to put your body in front of the puck. I think they lost 7-2 to two to somebody, and you just went in on the goalies. Because it's it's ridiculous. Like, you have... They're not going to make the playoffs. I don't care what you say. Like now with Eichel out, not that Eichel was really doing much. He was getting a couple points here and there, but he wasn't really doing much. You can't win in the NHL when you're you're missing your first line and your starting goaltender and your, your best defenseman. So, you know what? What are you going to do? It happens every year. A team gets hit by the injury bug. Usually it's Pittsburgh Penguins. They've been remarkably healthy this year. Now it's the Vegas Golden Knights. So, say la vie, Tim. Shabbat shalom. What are you going to do? So what what do you think for our points back pick tonight? There's there's six or seven games on the docket. I don't see any huge huge games. Washington Carolina is pretty good. I'm thinking about uh, Philadelphia traveled to Ottawa last night. They're playing in Ottawa tonight. A little bit of an emotional game last night. Um, they're without their best player. They might not be totally focused. Then again, Ottawa lost their best defenseman. But I think I might pick Ottawa at home tonight over Philly. What do you think? I think that's a smart pick. You know, back-to-back games, tough to really recoup, especially losing Claude Giroux. The boys are un- undoubtedly down on the flight over there. The heart of their team has been ripped out. They know they suck. So I think they're bound for a downfall. Let's move on. I think the Hurricanes are going to bounce back. They lost last night. They play the Washington Capitals. I think the Hurricanes are going to take this one. Bruins just lost to the Wild. That, they ruined my parlay. I was three for four. Stinking Bruins would have beat the Wild. I would have been perfect. But I'm going to take the Bruins over the Jets. I got the Flames just drubbing the Sabres. I got the Panthers bouncing back, taking the Ducks. The Panthers lost last night, as we mentioned, to the aforementioned Vegas Golden Knights. So I got them bouncing back with the Ducks. And I think the Avalanche are just going to absolutely just take the Sharks behind the woodshed and show them what's what. So bet on all those games. Bet a lot of money on all of them. And some of them will lose, but I think five of the seven will win. And then you can talk to me in the morning and we'll be uh, good to go. So uh, very good. And do that on points bet, right, Tim? That's right. Check it out. Points bet. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Try not to get too bored with the lack of trades, but yes, check back with in a, with us on Monday. We'll do a nice recap. We'll, we'll recap. Maybe we'll do a Tuesday podcast. Just let Monday, let the dust settle and we'll come back on Tuesday and re- recoup everything. And I can trip every single GM for being just a terrible GM at their job. All right, everybody, have a good weekend. Go out, have some green beer, get into, uh, don't get into trouble. Have a nice, safe weekend. Tim, you want to tell, say anything to anybody? I'm going to go take a shower. So. Oh, you need it. All right, everybody, <laughs> think about that during your day. Tim in the shower. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.